Are you a fan of our podcast? If so, make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter by searching Trans2 Performance. By following us, you'll have access to exclusive content, special announcements, and more. Join the T2 community today. Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Tracy Roberts. And me, James Cooper. Hi, how are you? Very good, Tracy. How are you? I'm very good. I'm going to try and slow down today. Are you? Yeah. Again, overexcited on podcasts again. <laughs> get a bit giddy, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. I think we all do, particularly when we get a bit of a breather um, from being on the road. It's nice to be able to just think about discussion points and actually come in and have a chat, isn't it, yeah. sometimes? Yeah. So, um, we picked a topic today because um, I've been spitballing a few things with you based on some of the exec coaching clients I've been seeing, some of the conversations that have come up in um, like print dynamic sessions that we've done. Um, and actually some of the stuff we did at the retreat made us yeah. think differently, didn't it? So mm-hmm. um, today we thought we would do a podcast or a hubcast even yeah. on the quiet influence which is increasing the power of introverted leadership so introversion introversion, introversion. in regards to leadership yeah okay um, because it is a really big talking point for me at the moment because like i said i've probably got 60 70 of the people i'm executive coaching at some point have asked me questions or i've wanted to focus some of their uh, content and their discussion points around this because it's interesting isn't it because a lot of people make some assumptions about people with um you know high levels of introversion and one of the biggest things that they kind of consider particularly when it comes to leadership is that because they're shy maybe take themselves out of the limelight a little bit and um, might seem a little bit awkward from time to time don't want to speak up um maybe a little bit passive in some situations uh, this would make them terrible leaders. Now, and I fundamentally disagree. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think oh. my my thing is is around. I have understood it at times where leadership, what in my head was, you've got to be the loudest in the room. You've got to be the one with your your voice being heard. Yeah, and then I ca- I can't remember where it was where it actually happened, but I just remember being whispered to. Oh, okay. And having that conversation with a, a mentor at the time mm-hmm. that it wasn't all guns blazing. It wasn't yes. it wasn't just I you need to do this because you're you need to listen to me and this is the way it's going to work. Mm-hmm. It was actually a discussion. And I think it was the first time that from a leadership point of view mm-hmm. I'd seen and then embraced and gone that's leadership. It doesn't need volume. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an inter- interesting point because I think most of us have probably experienced something like that. We've seen both ends of the spectrum and made assumptions because of, uh, you know, the presence of the person, so to speak. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, I read a survey recently from Gallup about this. Right, okay. And one of the questions that was in it was something along the lines of, you know, give me some traits and characteristics that you expect um of a leader in a high kind of level organization um and so the words i wrote down were visionary okay so again gives you that kind of opinion of their presence and their ability to communicate and you know rise up all those things um character was another word that came up um which was interesting um 
and also just things like drive and determination all those things those were kind of words that were kind of banded around a lot in terms of what people assumed someone in a high level position would be um but what was interesting about that was when they then asked people what they needed from a leader things shifted so it went from all those uh, you know i guess drive attributes if you like those kind of right you know quite heavy leadership words that we kind of associate to things like trust compassion stability hope and purpose so there's a direct disconnect between what we assume someone yeah. in a senior leadership role might have in abundance and actually then what we need from them and i thought that was really interesting well if you think about trust as a fundamental of lencioni's principles and the five dysfunctions of a team which we obviously yeah embrace as well do people know what they want or do people see what a leader looks like and then actually mm. hold on a minute am i getting what I, what, what i've been what yeah. i think good leadership is and then what i actually get which one's sort of playing off against each other if you like yeah but yeah i think i think when you ask somebody what they think good leadership is what they need and what actually what yeah. you need for me leaders there's two totally different things so i think it's going to be quite interesting to yeah see what well, okay then, if I'm extrovert, do I get the drive, passion, mode, yeah, mode, yeah. Blah, 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 or do I get the whisper, if we like, yeah, from somebody that's quite introverted and says, I'm going to think about this, I'm <laughs> going to not just shout my mouth off, yeah. I'm actually going to have the conversation and speak to people the way that they want to be spoken to. Yeah, and I think, I think the key fundamental principles here are, is we're going to look at things from the side of introversion today because it's the topic that we've been discussing mm -hmm. um but the truth of the matter is you can make it work on either side and it is a spectrum and we're going to talk about that today um you know some of the stuff that can be drawback from being very extrovert can be things like dominance obviously that doesn't always um lead into um high levels of collaboration um overlooking the needs of people because you know, sometimes you're not as tuned in from an emotional intelligence perspective. You can be quite impulsive. Sometimes that's a really good thing. Sometimes it can be not so good. Um, probably more at risk of burnout. Um, probably not um, reflecting as much maybe and, and, and adjusting accordingly. And the last thing I wrote down here was style mismatch, which I think is what you're getting at, which is, you know, if we are fast and furious and we are quite extroverted, can be quite hard to press pause in an authentic way and think, right, I need to adjust myself and take things down a couple of pegs just to be able to communicate effectively with people. Mm. But that doesn't mean that all those things can also be really great things if managed in an extroverted person. You know, if we are managing our dominance in the right way, we are still inclusive of other people, but we're great at making decisions as an example. Um, if we are, you know, maybe not as good at tuning in on people's needs are we making it part of our i don't know internal narrative when talking to someone to really dial in to consciously listen and when we do that do we get better results as a consequence of course but it's all about being aware isn't it where you sit and how you can dial up dial down yeah and i think the impact that that has on the people that you're speaking to as well because obviously if you've got people that are highly tuned into mm -hmm. having that discussion and having that i'm for me to respect you as a leader, I want you to be the the person that shows up in that way and gives and speaks to people in a confident, mm. courageous, charismatic. Yeah, really does. Is that is that what it always is? Or, or you, well, you talk from your experience as well, Tracy. 
what, what was the best leader that you'd had? I think I've, I've had two very different leaders and I'm going to lean into the confident one first and um, more extroverted and um, that I can think of from a previous role. And what I took from that particular leader was the confidence, the drive, the determination. Um, also, I think the confidence for me from that particular leader came from if I wanted something sorting, that person would do it. <laughs> They'd really support me and get right. behind me. And I think I leaned into that a little um, more at that particular time in my career because it was a very fast-paced operational environment. And, you know, if there's a, a leader there that's got all the answers, of course, you're just going to take their lead and go with it. Yeah. Um, but if I put that same leader into the kind of environment where you've got to really put your time into relationships... And, um, you know, pausing from time to time, maybe that wouldn't have had the same effect on me, if that makes sense. Whereas um, one introverted leader that I worked with um, probably in the last sort of five years or so really had an effect on me in terms of calm composure. And I think because um, of the kind of work I was doing that did involve a high degree of being more confident and outgoing I think from time to time that leader was able to draw us in and let us reflect um give us the guiding principles of what it you know the, the good stuff around taking time to pause sometimes yep. thinking about strategy and um the other thing that that particular leader was very good at was observing giving really good feedback and I don't mean good feedback I mean good bad feedback sometimes yeah um, and also soliciting feedback for themselves. So very, very much in a space where they were able to pause, reflect and think, right, what can I learn from this too? So both in very different environments, both had an impact on me, but there was some definite differences from the leader who was introverted and how they conducted themselves, you know, to, to I guess, level themselves up in, in the case of executive presence, if you like, because we do as associate executive presence with confidence mm -hmm. um, generally, um, not necessarily, you know, being loud, but just being able to communicate really clearly, um, you know, quite enjoying maybe public speaking even slightly, that sort of side of things. And that's not always the case, is it? Yeah, let's say public speaking is an example then, Trace, because I've, I've, Sometimes I feel really confident in a public area. So say, for example, instead of it just being me and you, which I love our conversations, by the way, Tracy Roberts. Um, <laughs> but I sometimes enjoy like a bigger, a bigger sort of cohort or bigger yes. number of delegates, and then it means you can bounce ideas off and everybody Energy. gets involved. Yeah. And I seem to just sort of absorb all of that. And then other times, like today, just having a little one-to-one. -one, conversation going to a little bit more depth and understanding mm -hmm. that we can get things from that from not yeah, necessarily being that personal. bravado in front of in front of people but what about this concept of around confidence and anxiousness then oh well this is an interesting one isn't it because often people will say i'm introvert or i'm extrovert but there's a whole spectrum mm -hmm. within that um and I think that concept really changed my perception. I know you made some realizations yeah. of the retreat, didn't you? Yeah, so, definitely. Um, I guess um, why it's important to mention this is you don't have to be fully introvert. There's another way to look at it. So for some people, uh, the introversion is almost like a decompression technique. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is for me. Yeah. So I'm classed as an anxious extrovert, okay? Which means that generally um, in my safe space, which is in 
work a lot of the time because I'm a subject matter expert. I like to get energy from a room of people, but that's only because I'm adding value, if that makes sense. Right, okay. It's not because I like to be on stage and be center stage in any shape or form. It's more about I know I can offer something. So all of my energy comes out there. I have no problem talking to five people, 500 people, mm. and I get a lot of energy from it. However, take me out of work. Okay. I am definitely more introverted. I like peace and quiet. I like a small circle of people around me. Have to decompress a little because I put so much into work, if that yeah. makes sense. So it would almost be seen that I'm the polar opposite out of work. And I'm not in terms of my value system, but my energy definitely is confident in my subject less confident when it comes to me personally so that plays a part too yeah so like social settings and being yeah. like in your own company now yes i for, for whatever reason and we were talking about upbringings earlier but we're not getting into that <laughs> um i find it really quite interesting that i i do get my energy from other people and yeah. having it where I, w I want to be around with which which again if we look at this is from a dynamic as being either an extroverted mm. or introverted anxious person or in yes. ex or either either <laughs> but confident there's a difference between that and then where maybe you get your energy from so for example do you get your energy back from being by yourself mm. or do you get your energy back from being around others well i think it's a bit of both i think i get my energy from my extrovert part of my sort of personality from the value and the energy back from people so when it comes to the job i love it yeah when there's a, a big cohort or i'm in a really deep conversation yeah. exact coaching whatever it might be and i feel like i'm adding value i'm, I'm getting fed energy at that yeah. point and it's feeding my extrovert nature but then i get my energy back like you say on the other side yeah. by decompressing being quiet and um, reading um, all the stuff that you probably wouldn't assume would be me. From an so extrovert point of view. Exactly, yeah. So I definitely find, and it, it made sense to me when I saw that because I thought I have to be extrovert in a lot of ways to do my job, but I know internally I'm not extrovert. I know that sounds weird. In your own head. Yeah, so if we talk about polar extremes, you have a confident extrovert as well, right? Yep. Is that what you are? I'm definitely a confident extrovert. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, and been tested and yeah, yes. it's clarified. So I guess I guess that then um, just to sort of help uh, the listeners and the people watching, like the differences between the two, it, this probably helps them see the introvert extrovert thing slightly differently. Um, because it definitely did for me, by the way. It, yeah. So, so what's the difference between you and me then? So in the very basic terminology of it is that I'm confident on like outside expressing outwards yes. and, and I don't necessarily need anything back because I've got this full belief that I'm just going to tell you whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but un obviously understanding with the emotional intelligence and yes. trying to refine that slightly, that's me yeah. being a little bit more conscious around how I show up yes. to other people and making sure I'm delivering the right message, Tracy. Uh -huh. Whereas potentially the, the conversation that happens back from that extrovert or anxious extrovert is where you get the information back that you need to require to validate the way that you think okay. yeah whereas you don't need that um not so much um, i think you need it sometimes sometimes i definitely need that yeah. little pat on the back that little tum tummy tickle and stuff like that yeah but most of the time you just feed it out there i could just get <laughs> just go let's go let's get out there so so we've got so i'm a, an anxious extrovert mm -hmm. 
you're a confident extrovert. Yeah. On the other side of the scale, we've got a confident introvert yeah. and an anxious introvert. introvert. Yeah. So this is obviously where it starts to get some more interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think I, I sometimes wish that I was a little bit more introverted, but if if it was that I respect and I listen to the people that are this way yeah. because I'm just not. And sometimes I've, I've even from good leadership where I've had maybe an, an anxious introvert as a, as a leader that I've turned around and I've gone, but what did you just say again? Because I'm now intrigued in how they say it and yeah. not having to be this big thing. And I'm going, wow, when you speak. I'm listening. You, yeah, know. you might not talk a lot, but when yeah. you do, I want to listen. And I think it's, it's wise to point that out because this kind of lands on the point we're going to land on today, you know, you can be a confident introvert. So you can be someone who is able to express yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, within your subject matter expertise or the, the area that you're comfortable, whatever it might be, um, in a really great way and still feel, you know, like you've, it's almost like big extroversion. It's not, but I suppose the way to look at it would be people might see you as really, really confident and extroverted, mm -hmm. even though you're not naturally built like that. Yeah. And that's all about the way you communicate, right? And I think that leans back into this whole piece on do you need to be this extroverted person to be a leader? Well, no, because what we've learned from you know the Gallup survey as well as speaking to countless clients, people want they want wisdom. And that can fall into either category, ex you know, um sort of a more sort of um confident sort of introvert side of things, or an anxious extrovert or a confident mm. extrovert. Um, but they want trust, compassion, stability, purpose. Well, all of those things can be fed in from an introvert as well. It's just about how we communicate it. So the delivery, right? It's mostly delivery, but it's also about that level of self-efficacy and belief that you have, isn't it? So a lot of the way you shop is the stories you tell yourself. So one of the things I often say to people who, um, you know, speak to that, that say they're more introverted is, but are you though? <laughs> because a lot of them they've never sort of seen it in this spectrum in in that sense no. are you truly truly introverted and if they are great let's talk about that yeah but i also think that they start to believe the hype and what i mean by that is that you know if you're a naturally quiet calm person and you're more introverted just naturally and, and you know there's a lot of things that kind of fall into to you know that category for you then you start to believe what people say yeah. introverts are so, saying, saying that you're quite anxious. Yeah, you're anxious, you're shy, you're, uh, I've wrote down non-assertive, which means that you probably would avoid conflict, you maybe don't want to network, um, you've got a lack of charisma because you don't jump in and, and you know, t take part in the conversations, you might seem a bit passive, shy. Well, here's the thing, some of those things might be naturally true in some situations, but not all, but then the more that you say that to yourself the more you start to believe it so you become more of an introvert yeah so i think another way to look at this is where some of that might naturally be you it's how you can actually expose your authenticity just a little bit differently so you don't need to because quite a lot of time when people come to me with this conundrum they say look i am an introvert generally um and what i don't want to do is look inauthentic now so if i dial up to be extrovert fully extrovert I'm going to A, look stupid, Yeah. B, I'm going to feel stupid, and C... You're probably going to go red in the face. Your yeah. Your pressure's going to go up a little bit, <laughs> you, and it's going to look a little bit fun. Yeah, yeah. Phony's a, a great word, and 
obviously we're big on you know understanding yourself but also embracing authenticity so if you have got confidence in your areas it's about how do you help that show up better yeah it's not about you automatically you know going on a course a one-day course on how to be loud and proud and you know visionary it's about how can you actually communicate with confidence and clarity even though your natural way of doing things is to think about things. So quickly, just when we think about this, because I was thinking about this today, we obviously, the language we use is around print and social styles generally at the moment. You have your, you have your thinkers, you want your fives, your sixes. Yeah. If you've got those numbers in your profile, you're more likely to ponder, maybe have a, an edge towards introversion a little bit more. Yeah. Um, if you've got three sevens and eights, you're a doer. So you're naturally going to be someone who's going to want to jump in and do stuff and maybe not process so much, but you might be a little bit more um, likely to be quite extroverted with your decision-making and your yeah. communication. And then your last one is your feelers, which are your two fours and nines. And they're the ones who probably could slide back into being analytical again and maybe a little bit more introverted um, because they like to make sure they're doing things that feel good. Yeah. So... Um, and of course, over at Social Styles, you've got your analytical and your aimable, which sit across to this side of the grid that basically usually have a little bit more introversion in terms of how they approach things. Slightly more considered yes. would be the word. Whereas that... the drivers and the extroverts. I just hear, just hear what I've got to say and let's get it done. Yeah. yeah. They just want to, they just want to get stuff done and, and they're, you know, generally. Now it's not an exact science, but it's a, it's a no. way for us to think how, how are we naturally wired up? And I, and that definitely feels like it hits me because that explains how I am because my eight is very extrovert. Yeah, my team's very introvert. That's the way I see it. So, um, yeah, just just an interesting way of looking at things because I think it can help you kind of think about what you lead with, yeah, um, and how it affects you. But I guess what we're trying to land on today is like, what is the power of being more introverted? You know, there's powers to being extroverted and introverted, but what are the powers of being introverted as a leader? I think from from a from maybe a sporting background, if we start to look at things like the England football team. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. if we can look at Gareth Southgate on the men's side, but you look at Serena Vickman on the women's side. Yeah. And do you see, well, maybe even the question being, well, Serena Vickman, would she be a confident introvert? Mm. Would she be the whisper? Would she be the, mm. the person that is yeah. saying the right things and considering everything that... She's maybe saying to the players, yeah. same thing for Gareth Southgate from the men's yeah. side is that, okay, not just from a footballing context, but I would I would consider both of them quite introverted, but confident. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's fair. And I think they're really great examples. And the reason I think that's really useful is that a lot of what I've observed over the years with people with levels of introversion, they make good coaches if they're considered yeah. because they, they can, they observe. And when they observe, they, they then have time to reflect on how to communicate differently with people. Um, they're able to ask great questions because they're curious, because yeah. they want to unpick it as well as, as help other people. And I think maybe that's the first thing I would land on is if you're a very, very aware of yourself introvert, um, you can actually really dial into coaching yeah. quite easily if you, you know, if you think about it. Think about politics. Oh, yeah. Go on. Barack Obama. Yeah, I reckon that's a good example because he's the kind of person that you see who, yes, he gives a great speech, but it's not 
it's not Donald Trump's speech. It's not about look at me. It's about the content of what he's saying. He's not the loudest person. Obviously, no. he's got a huge microphone. That helps. Um, but when you see his connection with other people and his, his considered nature and, you know, how he's revered by other people, he's definitely kind of more on the introverted side of things, yeah. isn't he? As opposed to, um, you know, Donald Trump as the, the polar opposite. Yeah. And, and I guess that shows you of like using it for good and good and good yeah. for bad to, as well, right? Talk about the balance right there. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think it's good to to look at that because it then allows us to think of the two separate the separation between the two and the approaches. And of course, if you're a more extroverted person, is it more natural for you to jive with someone who's more extroverted? Well, yeah, but it's also like throwing fire on fire sometimes that it can be hard to communicate. If you're extroverted and you've got someone who's more introverted. You know, can that be hard to adjust? Of course it can and vice versa. But there's always a, a middle point that you can meet, right? The next T2 Leadership Retreat will take place on the 7th to the 9th of May, 2024. To book your place on the ultimate leadership development experience from the People Performance People or for more information, please visit www.trans2performance.com. Well, going, back, going back to your point of what people assume from leadership mm. and what and what they maybe think that the that good leadership yeah. looks like but then actually what we need from leaders yeah you've got people that more well, just from the research saying that well we want to see people in the in in that high bracket and having mm. that big confident courageous yeah spoken person but then actually we do require that little bit of support that that <laughs> yeah. network underneath now if we, if we just take the examples of what we want and what we actually need, mm. you you could be turning around and saying, do we, we need more introverted leaders? Yeah, that, absolutely, in certain situations. Yeah. Or rather than the extroverted leaders that then come bowling over and tell you the way that you should be feeling. Yes, <laughs> you can't feel like that. No, right don't now. feel like that. No, definitely not. Um, and, you know, there is a time and a place for all different types of leadership. We know this. There's more than one leadership style. Um, but... What we do talk a lot around at T2 is the chasm. And I think this is a classic example of how this plays out. It's, you know, I guess that not always, but over at the assertive side, you're probably going to more likely have people that are more swayed towards extroversion in a lot of instances, more introversion at the other side. But to keep it authentic, I guess for someone who's looking to make influence, um, as a leader, mm -hmm. I suppose they've got to think about how they can dial up into that chasm a little bit more. And that's not by being another person and changing their personality. And believe me, I've spoken to so many coaching clients who they've had leaders tell them they need to change. Yeah. They've had people say, you know, you don't you, be yourself. You yeah, don't be self. Um, you must be louder, you know, and they throw them into situations where they're set up to fail sometimes as well. So one great example of that is if you've got someone who's really introverted. You know, why would you throw them into doing huge presentations, et cetera, really, really quickly? And it's not like that's happened overnight. If you get a senior role all of a sudden, it's not like you've, you know, well, there's a step change. Now you have to do presentations. You probably have to do it for most of your career. Yeah. Have you ever had any guidance, support, feedback on how to feel more confident in that situation? Um, Please revert back to other podcasts. And yes, podcasts to yes, you probably to do look so. at that, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I guess the message that I like to land on here is, yes, we looked at like what we expect and what we need and what we need. A lot of the stuff that's in there links back to introversion. It's yeah. about being considered. 
uh, regulating your emotions more and actually considering other people's emotions too. Um, but it's also around some of the stuff that people see as flaw. So for instance, if you are someone who likes to process information and you feel you seem a little bit slower to respond to things, people say, you're not going to be a great leader because you need to make quick on-the-spot decisions. Oh, Tracy. I know. But here's the thing, sometimes you will. But what you've got to get confident with is that, you know, would it be great if you could have 100% of the information to make that decision? Yes, 100% of the time, it would be brilliant. It's not going to happen. Life happens, by the way. Life happens. So you've got to teach yourself as someone with, you know, more sway towards the other side that you've got to trust in your decision making, as in you've got to think, right, even if I don't have 100% of the information, I'm pretty confident with my subject matter expert uh, teasing my system that I can make that decision. And it's something that you've got to test from time to time. Sometimes it's good to kind of start with like low, I don't know, low risk projects, if you like, and think, right, I'm just going to throw a caution to the wind here. Um, sometimes we're not built for that. Sometimes, you know, just seeing what sticks just doesn't feel right. But, you know, it is true that sometimes we are going to have to make tough decisions and think a bit quicker than normal. But we can put ourselves in positions to make us think about actually how can we feel more confident in that situation? And a lot of it links back into what you were saying around being confident. Hmm. You know, if you are confident in your subject, then you should feel more confident making decisions in line with that subject. I think I think definitely from a confidence point of view, there, there will be the flip side of the coin where it, it could depend on the audience that's in front of you. Yeah. It could depend on the actual individual that's in front of you. Is it is it maybe one of your yeah. stakeholders, for example, yeah. where it might be somebody that if I'm, if the, it could the consequence of fail that fear of failure, if you like, yeah, you have right. an impact on the on whether you are confident or anxious. Yes, and on where you sit with that and how that yeah. shows up. So, I'd I definitely agree with understanding the whole scenario before actually being pushed into those decisions and maybe managing that a little bit better but understanding that it is mm. you are going to show up as yourself because mm. that's that's what you should be doing anyway yeah and you can dial into all those great things um compassion purpose all those things and you can show up really authentically with a coaching style which is you know gonna gonna really help conversations the other thing i was just gonna land on there was the words that i wrote down here was avoid conflict and a lot of these people that I've been speaking to recently have really made a thing of this saying, you know, I really do avoid conflict. Yeah. Now that would be, you know, probably more towards anxious introvert yeah. in some cases. Um, Can I just make a point on that? Go on. When has it ever been a weakness to not care? <laughs> I know. I know it's interesting, isn't it? When, when people yeah. go, oh, I just care so much about yeah. this this process or what the, how this is going to land. Yeah. When has it ever been a weakness that you care so much about this that it matters yeah. to you as an individual and as somebody that you're working with yeah. because if i'm thinking about it and i'm now being conscious of how i'm speaking and yeah how i come across if i just dial that down a little bit and then actually you start to listen to me tracy what you're doing now <laughs> rather than me just shouting to see what but that's, I know, I that's get it. in the point yeah, and well, I think people come and say, well oh, "Well, oh, well, I'm a people pleaser," but we've seen that within the number of the print profiles that you mm. that you went through earlier. But from a person that just cares about what they do on a daily basis and have done it for a long period of time, mm. 
But what point does it then go, you know what, they're really good at their job because they care. Yeah. Because it, it means that much to them that they consider everything. They're not the first person that jumps out the out the gate. Yeah. But you know that they're thinking about it. You yeah. know that they're having that time in their own head to be able to go, This is this is what I found from the information that I've been provided and this is the amount of time. Now, yeah. yes, we do agree that you will have to have the amount of time to understand it fully. But going back to what you said about believing in the decision and believing that you are the subject specialist, there's a reason you're in the room. Yeah, but I do think a lot of people need to get reminded of that. You know, there is a direct direct correlation between imposter characteristics yep. and some of the more deeper introversion kind of tendencies as well. Not It's not an exact science because you can still be a confident extrovert and still suffer from imposter syndrome uh, from time to time. Talk to me. But there's a, yeah, but there's, a, but there's a bit of a correlation there, and I think you're right. It is about the level of self belief, but it is about putting yourself in situations where you, it pays off, and you go, "Oh, okay," and yeah. that's kind of embedded that information. And I think, yeah, just adding that to the other side, which is the conflict side, um, avoiding conflict does make it sound like you go out of your way to not have tough conversations. Now, don't get me wrong, if you sit down to the anxious side a little bit more, then you probably will avoid, if possible, those conflicting situations. But if we just switch that on its head and go to a model that we use, the radical candor model, and we start to think of it differently, if we get rid of that word conflict for a start and we add conversation in there instead, that does seem different. And it's about the value that you add to the conversation not about the content of the conversation. So what I would say there is, if you're going to go and have a conversation with someone around something that could improve a process or a relationship or whatever it might be, conflict just needs to be removed from that sentence because what you're trying to do there is improve conversations or outputs. So I think for a lot of people who are introverts that want to avoid, uh, confrontation is probably a better word, isn't it? It's more about how we can look at that slightly differently and say, you know, you have got a say, you have got a lot of stuff to give to the conversation. How can you do it differently? And how can you see it differently to conflict? Conflict that people go looking for is a problem. Like people, even people who are okay with conflict are not okay with conflict sometimes. Yeah, there's healthy levels of conflict. Yeah, but I would say healthy challenge is probably the better way to look mm. at it. And if you get a little bit more comfortable with that, then it goes without saying that, you know, because the other thing is because you're more measured, you've got probably more chance of regulating your own emotions, reading other people's emotions. If you're someone who is quite intuitive, you'll pick up on people's changes, their body language, their tone, yeah. their email, whatever it might be. And of course, we all need that. The other power of it is that, hey, I'm a doer, right? Mm. But people who kind of go more towards introversion and like thinking time, tend to be the kind of people that schedule in thinking time and strategy time. They're the type of people who like to plan. Who does not need that, right? If we had an organization with all of us doing, running at things, then we wouldn't have time for all that finer detail. So, And that's when mistakes. This is where you step. Yeah, and this is where the introverts step up. You know, this is where people who lead in that way. And this is the other thing that you're absolutely right in what you said earlier. It's like sometimes they won't say as much but when they do speak, you're like, wow, okay, that's important. So what I thought I would land on was some tips that, of things I've been talking with my clients yeah, with about how to step into this space 
more authentically and to park this idea that you need to be this big loud visionary bold i'm trying to think of some more words <laughs> loud person because that's not what it takes to get the job done no. there will be moments when you need to step up um but there's moments where you have to dial into every leadership style um so the first tip that i give people who are kind of more inclined this way is be curious Ooh. okay because you are yeah internally you're asking questions all the time which is why you yeah. need the space to to you know i guess unpack it but if you can dial it into that a little bit more and overly kind of enter discussions and conversations with people with questions one you unlock coaching potential Ooh. and you empower people but the other thing is you step right into that conversation and here's the thing you sometimes start it and it's like lighting a touch paper and then the discussion starts around you and people go whoa you know yeah paulo ferrari by the way being curious it's his favorite word he was one of the leaders and pioneers behind pedagogical learning styles yeah go and go and listen yeah. to it and, and just put it in youtube yeah. and it is really i'll probably put one in the link out you can put one in the link We'll make a link to it as well to um, to have that have that information there yeah. for you because that is his favourite word and it, it's fully inspired me to be exactly where I am today, Tracy. Annoying. Annoying. I'm curious, but like you can come at things from two angles. You can be curious because you like to know about people and yeah. you can be curious because you want to empower people. Yeah. And I think the empowering people bit is the bit I want you to land on is enter a conversation with a purpose definitely if you can enter the conversation with a purpose even if it's just to inspire questions then straight away as an introvert you've just given yourself an envelope yeah. of, of you know influence there and then the, what i lined up with that was be provocative wow <laughs> okay so wow. so enter a, a you know enter a meeting a conversation with something a little bit provocative you know yes. something that people might not have considered or an opinion that's yeah wow okay. okay now i'm not saying going looking for trouble or fights but think of things that push the envelope a little bit and and put it in the room you know be the person who's going to speak up you don't actually then need to lead the whole conversation at that point you just need to start that conversation with something that really gets people thinking differently no just this isn't conversational grenades though tracy is no it? this is this is meaningful interactions right, okay yeah just, this is just... not just chucking an opinion about world politics in the room and oh, right now yeah no this is about you really thinking through what you want to get but the impact that you want to have on that conversation and and, and I, along with that i'll put put your hand up first you know so where you're the last one to speak be the first one to speak and you can do that through being provocative or by asking a question so straight away you put yourself to the front of the meeting and not the back of the meeting and you've not had to change much does that make sense yeah there's sometimes that challenging of your you the, that person that does sit in the meetings and goes and have you got anything to add tracy and yeah. you go nope no so so if that's what worries you it's like when you're waiting to do something and um, i was watching i'm a celebrity last night yeah. and i know it was awful but, um, you know, when people are coming out onto the ledge to do that thing where they've got to, like, hang off that building. Are they still doing that? Yes. Wow. And people were kind of like, and the people who were waiting were worse. You know, they were in a state. Right. And that's what I'm trying to get out here is, like, the more you build up, the more you retract. So actually step out first, say the thing, yeah. or throw the grenade in the room in a positive way. Yeah. And then you've either given yourself more confidence to expose yourself more or you people remember that you started that conversation so guess what there's impact straight away right so i think that's uh and the other thing as well is uh, when you're stepping into the conversation you have a an added kind of i don't know 
advantage as someone who is more introverted. Yeah, it carries more weight, doesn't it? Yeah, but also you notice body language changes. You can sense a drop in the conversation. You can you feel when it's the right time to talk because that's your intuition yeah. as someone who sits and, and looks and thinks. So lean into that. When you see a little bit of a dip in the conversation, jump in, You know, put your hand up, whatever it might be. You don't have to be loudest. You just have to pick your time. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the other thing do public speaking now most of you who are introverts that are listening to this or watching this now are going are you having a laugh okay but here's the thing even the smallest bit of public speaking gives you automatic credibility so keep it simple practice with the low stake stuff you know take a slice of the meeting it could be delivering a small paragraph on something but push yourself out of your comfort zone the final number on a spreadsheet absolutely but tell a story mm. you know get good at storytelling and make sure that you're succinctly kind of preparing information so you don't get jumbled. You know, stick with three things that you want to land on. Work on your salient points. Think about how your vocal and physical image reflects you. Mm. What can you dial up? Are you quite monotone? Can you sort of play with your pitch and stuff a little bit more? Record yourself, watch yourself, be very uncomfortable and then use it to your advantage. But if there is an opportunity for you to speak, although it's counterintuitive to you, do it because the more you do it the more a you get confidence and b other people you know you gain their credibility um i'm just going to call that the james brown watch yourself yourself. (laughs) yeah okay um the other thing that i've written down here is i talk about walking the halls now for some people who are quite introverted maybe analytical they maybe have have to go and process information sometimes the external observation of that is that you're um a little bit of a hermit in your office. You don't really want to talk to people. You don't like humans. That might be true for some of us from time to time. But walking the hall, speaking to people, showing them a little bit of you from time to time will work wonders, okay? Because all of a sudden you've gone from being this person that's kind of processing information and over here to just cracking the door a little bit. Now, for some people, it's very uncomfortable to share all your personal information. It's not something you're comfortable with. It's not even about that. It's about actually just little glimmers of who you are as a person, maybe your humor, um, maybe some information about what you were doing at the weekend, whatever it might be. You give people just a little bit more, they'll be more likely to enter conversations with you and relax around you. And for that reason, well, you're going to gain in confidence, aren't yeah. you? You're going to get that get that network where they say that you're not naturally wired up for. Yeah. Just expanding your horizons slightly by opening yourself up a little bit. Yeah, and creating raving fans. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. Really because... good. You know what? They're really, really good. Yeah. Did you, it, it, this spoke to me the other week I'm about as well. By the way, really funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's always someone like that, isn't there, in, in the office? And guess what? They're the only. They're always the people you go to when you need help as well, because they know you know stuff, don't they? Yeah. And um, another thing I wrote down was responsiveness equals interest. So I had a conversation with a couple of my clients around this. It's like you know, if you're someone who's quite process driven, you know, take yourself away from time to time because that's the way you deal with things. Quite often, you'll see something coming in and you'll think, "Yeah, great, check." And you'll carry on. And then the person at the other end of that email or that conversation doesn't feel like they get anything back from you. They think, oh, you're not, you're not interested. You're, you, you don't have your eyes open to what's going on around you. But the reality is you might have just read that, saw that, thought, great, tick in your head. That other person might just need for you to reaffirm that you've read that, you've dealt with it, you saw it, you liked it, you didn't like it, whatever it might be. Sometimes your lack of responsiveness can be seen as the interest level that you have. So if you park something in your inbox for seven days, don't respond, don't give a reason for it. People think they don't matter or that you're not interested in that. And it's probably not that. You're probably processing it. Yeah. 
or you thought they've got it, I don't need to respond. My advice to that is always respond. If it is, I'm not going to be able to get around to this until Wednesday. Drop them a message saying, hey, thank you for this. I'm just going to manage your expectations. This is what I need. Probably going to be Wednesday. Yes. Someone sends you an information and a bit of information you think that's nice but it's not massively important to you, still respond saying, thanks, got it. You know, people will then see that as you being fully in the picture and not assume that you've taken yourself off, in, off into your office and not responsive yeah. anymore. Um, yeah, and, and I think for me, I think these are the key things to, to really think about in terms of increasing your, your level of influence. It's not about walking into the room and giving a Winston Churchill speech every Thursday at 1 p.m. Oh, doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's about having a plan Exposing your, you know, your key characteristics, which are things like reading people, making great decisions, staying calm in the center of a storm. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's definitely something that we've got to dial into here for tips is embrace your calm. Yeah. You know, in some situations, even the best of us who are doers can get carried away with the tasks and not think about the detail. You've got to embrace your natural instinct, which is actually to be quite organized. Might have to move a bit quicker in some cases, um, and you'll get better the more you practice that. Yeah. But the reality is you're the, you're the right person to do the job because you can see that the journey. Last thing I put down was solicit feedback. If, you, if you're going to be a hypocrite, then you'd be the person that doesn't ask for feedback. Yeah, but as an introverted person, it's uncomfortable to speak to people sometimes at the best of times let alone going, how am I doing? <laughs> so if you want to increase your presence and you want to increase confidence that people have in you by going to them and saying, hey, how am I doing? How are you doing? How are we doing? What can we do differently? All of a sudden, your influence levels rise and the confidence that people have in you rise because they say, well, actually, you do see things. And, and that's... And that's, you want to know. Yeah, so going back to the communication point, that if you are having that conversation, you're opening yourself up to the feedback, they go, oh, they do care. Yes. So they, they are in a, they're an environment open yeah. to, this, to the feedback rather than going, you know what, the other day, oh, as much as it's going to make me feel a bit awkward, actually, mm. I, do, I need to know that information from you, Tracy, because now I'm in a situation where I'm going to do the same thing again. And it, does that work for us? Yeah. It's, it, I, do, I do genuinely think that kind of ties into that responsiveness thing. You know, what's the level of interest? And I think the more you can get people to understand that even though you're processing, you might be a little slower or whatever it might be, you are still interested and open to the world. Yeah. And for me, that's the biggest way you can increase your presence and your raving fans. People yeah. will see you as this, you know, calm in the center of a storm person who can process information. The better you get it, you process faster. But the reality is that people have confidence that you're curious enough to, to care yeah. and to make changes. Um, but also, you know, it doesn't come across as nosiness. It's actually just curiosity and actually, it will probably help with your anxiety levels sometimes because the more you find out about certain situations, the more you feel like you've got information to make decisions. And so, how's coming? A hundred percent, yeah. So let's flip it. Let's not talk about avoiding conflict. Let's talk about encouraging conversations and encouraging curiosity. Stepping into our authenticity, asking the right questions. So if it was if it was from an introvert's point of view and to have that knowledge and have that actual mm. I'm gonna think about the question before I just ask it. Yeah. So what are the biggest challenges for you? Mm. What what are the biggest challenges for you so far that I could maybe help you with? Yeah. 
where do you where are the areas that you wanted support from me? Yeah. How can I provide support from yeah. you? Is there a, is there a, any sort of communication that I need to be involved in as a leader? Yeah. So that then maybe I could have the extended outcome the yeah. or the outcome that's required. Is there anything that we've missed? From what from what we've we've been working together, what now eighteen months now? Yeah. But what? Is there something I think we've had conversations where where it's been, well, what are we missing? What's not working? Yeah. And how can we then move on and go forward with it? Yes. But from an introvert point of view, it it could be done as the whisper. It could yeah. be done as right, what are the issues that I'm having or what are the things that I'm I'm missing from being in your team. Yeah. And what can I see is maybe the areas that we can really get yeah. some really growth there. So we're going to go with influence, not impact. We are going to go with influence. Not and impact. I think with that in mind, I think that that should give you some food for thought. Dial up your coaching. Yeah. Think about the level of influence that you can, you know, show your teams and your peers and the people around you. Step into the conversation and feel confident in your subject matter expertise. Um, and you'll definitely start to see a difference. Yeah, there's a reason you're in the room. Absolutely. Um, so great. Thanks for thanks for a good chat as always, James. Tracy, always a pleasure. Um, and we will see you again soon for another T2 podcast. Hi, listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the T2 Hubcast. If you did, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favourite podcasting platform. It only takes a minute and your feedback is greatly appreciated. Reviews help other people find the show and learn about the amazing topics we cover. Additionally, please turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. And finally, please subscribe or follow the T2 Hubcast if you haven't already. Doing this means that you'll automatically receive new episodes as soon as they're released. Thanks so much for your support. Thank you.